0: Welcome to Quantum Number 237, the podcast that looks at news and views throughout the world from a Christian worldview, but open, I hope, for everybody and we invite your comments and feedback and everything else. Uh, First of all, an apology, an apology for this being a day later than normal. And uh, the reason for that is for our second item of news, which uh, we'll come on after the first and the first of course, has to be this.
3: Watch as aftershocks from the 7.8 quake bring down an entire apartment building. People run for their
4: lives.
3: <laughs> this reporter is doing a live shot when a strong aftershock hits. <laughs> he flees with everyone, and when the cameraman- it, It's
0: hard to comprehend the magnitude of what's gone on in Turkey. Um, even in the past couple of days, the numbers It's estimated it's now well over 20,000 people who've been killed in Turkey and in Syria. There are 100,000 rescue workers at work. I'm sure there are many more will be found. People who are uh, dead or severely injured. And we'll still get a few of these wonderful stories of people who've been rescued if you've seen some of these. Um, The terrible cold that there is just now as well is a significant thing. And... You know, in, in these situations, you see both both the best and the worst of humanity. You see the compassion. You see the struggles to try and get people out. You also see, sadly, things like Turkey refusing to allow the Kurdish language to be used. Many of the people affected are Kurds. We see the ongoing war in Syria. Uh, we see people taking sides. In fact, that's the theme of today's. Whose side are you on? Um, and we see people even fighting over how you say Turkey. Should it be Turkai? And now or Turkey, which is often being used. And then the other thing I think that often happens, and I'm reluctant to ask this question when we're just recording this terrible event. But, you know, I think we will go there. And the question is just simply this. Why do these things happen in, in this kind of world? If God made this world, why does this happen? And I think in that I have to turn to the Bible. Um, Psalm 18, the cords of death entangled me, verse 4, the torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave curled around me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress I called to the Lord, I cried out to my God for help. From his temple he heard my voice, my cry came before him into his ears. The earth trembled and quaked and the foundations of the mountains shook. They trembled because he was angry and so on. Now, reading that is not to say, well, this is Turkey being punished. We have to be enormously careful. Sometimes things happen because of what we have done. If I get myself blazing drunk, drive my car, smash it up and break my leg, then I blame myself for that. Uh, sometimes there are judgments of God, specific judgments of God. But the reality is, we live in a world which is broken, we live in a world where there are earthquakes. We live in a world where there are weather events that we cannot control. And I think we've got to approach this with a a slightly different angle. We need to ask what can be done about it. We need to ask, this creation is groaning. Who is going to rescue us? And, you know, I just, I think of, The absolute horror of being in a rock-solid building or standing on the earth and then the earth opening up. I I read a description of an earthquake once that was just... it terrified me. And I think we need to realise that in this world there's nothing absolutely certain. and We need to hang on to the rock of ages. And so I normally play a kind of Christian song at the end, but I I wanted to play this just now from the Antrim Mennonite Choir. I think this is beautiful. Let's just play some of this. Rock of Ages.
4: Rock of Ages.
0: let's come on to the reason that this is so late. Um, It's because I was watching this.
2: Please let's be open and honest about the fact these proposals have been written to be read by different groups in different ways. I'm deeply concerned that we still don't fully recognise the harm that our teaching continues to cause to so many LGBT community particularly young LGBT people growing up in our churches who were told, your love for another human being of the same sex is disordered and can never be consummated. We've been told repeatedly of the deep psychological damage this does, but yet we do nothing to address it, so the harm continues. I would offer that there is often an inbuilt yet unconscious heteronormative bias in both our thinking and our processes, which at times doesn't allow which time doesn't allow me to go into sorry i'm getting tired power i could speak all evening on this but let's just say that those with power have privilege and it's that privilege that can be all too apparent in these proposals for instance what we are choosing to bless or not bless so i find it hard to welcome something i find so wanting furthermore As a result of these failings, I believe we must recognize that trust in the process is at an all-time low. We've been told for years that the bishops are listening. That was the point of the shared conversations and the painfully long-drawn-out LLF process. But in both cases, papers came from the bishops which clearly showed they hadn't listened. So please, will you vote for my amendment? Thank you.
0: Now, that's uh, Jane Ozan from the Church of England Synod. And the Church of England Synod have been debating uh, same-sex marriage. Now, to be honest, I've heard this so much, I just thought, I can't be bothered. But I did watch it, and I watched people I knew, friends and, and others, people who I admired standing and speaking for what the Bible says, what Jesus says about marriage. But it was also like watching a train like train wreck. It's the Church of England absolutely destroying itself. And one of the reasons is this lady, Jane Ozan, who used to be an evangelical and is now one of the most militant, if not the most militant LGBT activists within the church. Militant to the extent that um, she wants to prosecute people like me who teach biblical doctrine or practice biblical doctrine. She's the foremost advocate against conversion therapy. Now, as we keep having to explain, if conversion therapy means beating people up or trying to to brainwash people or whatever, absolutely coercing people, that's entirely wrong. But if it means praying with people, if it means teaching them God's word, if it means helping them overcome desires that they don't want, then we're never going to do that. But that's where Jane Ozanne is. And it is, it, it, it is such a mess. The whole thing is such a mess. And we're coming back to sides again. Whose side are you on? The Church of England is going to ban gay marriage for now, which is what it has done. But... Yeah, I mean, you'd hardly believe that sane people could do this. But it's going to allow same-sex blessings, which are in effect same-sex marriage, go through a ceremony of same-sex blessing. Peter Tatchell says that's just like blessings for dogs. Um, but everyone knows. The Bishop of Oxford, they, they keep going on about how we've got to stay together, etc. But everyone knows where this is going. They were basically lying. The church was lying in saying that it wasn't changing its doctrine. It has changed its doctrine. And it's very interesting where the power lies. The bishops, when it came to the vote on this, this is blessing the the marriages. Oh, sorry, the the partnerships, or whatever, the same-sex partnerships. In favour, 36, against 4. Abstain, 2. Clergy, in favour, 11, against 85. And the laity, in favour, 103, against 92. The bishops have the power. And by the way... The bishops had the right of veto over everything in their own report. It's extraordinary um, what's going on. And the Church of England, you know, why commit suicide one way when you can do it another way? A report came out as well saying that the Church of England was going to aim to God to be gender neutral, God the parent, God the child, and so on. Why does this matter? Well, I think it does matter in in terms of choosing sides. We we either go with God's word or we don't, and especially if we're Christians. We're meant to follow what Christ teaches. Well, I've I've put up a couple of links about that so you can read more there. And then Zelensky came to the United Kingdom this week from Ukraine, and um, again, when we're talking about sides, I keep getting asked, what's my stance on Ukraine? It's as though there are only two stances. You're either totally for Ukraine and supplying them with weapons and fighting for them and so on, or you're pro-Putin. But what if it's more nuanced than that? Why would I feel compelled to take sides? I think that what Putin did in invading Ukraine has been horrendous, and I hope that Ukraine is able to defend itself, but I certainly don't want a third world war. And I don't want the nightmare that we've got at the moment, which seems to be a never-ending war, which suits some people. There are people who've made a lot of money out of this. And it's quite handy for, how will I put it, the Western military to supply equipment and to have the Ukrainians dying and the Russians being gradually worn down. There's, and again, you see, it's, The the way that it's done you have to say Zelensky is a superhero and maybe he is. I don't know enough. I I genuinely don't know. I don't know him. I don't know enough of his history. Maybe he is but I do know that Ukraine was one of the most corrupt countries in the world. In the past week at least 12 senior officials have resigned or been sacked by Zelensky uh, which I think is a, a good thing actually probably. Um, including the Deputy Defence Minister, who quit over allegations, that's Shapovalov, who quit over allegations that he'd overseen the purchase for food at the army at inflated prices, and Zelensky's deputy, Tymoshenko, who at a time of extreme austerity was driving around Kiev in a luxury Porsche. Then the Deputy Infrastructure Minister, Loz- Lozinski, who was sacked for taking a $400,000 kickback from a procurement tender for winter aid. There are a lot of dodgy dealings that still go on in Ukraine, and it absolutely would not pass the criteria to get into the EU. So you see when you're saying about taking sides, you see the problem. Now, another thing, um, masks and taking sides. It was so funny because people say, you've, you've got to be totally against masks or totally for them. No, as it happened, On the basis of the evidence that I had, I did think that they were pretty ineffective. It's not something I I didn't have an ideological commitment, but everything becomes an ideological commitment, doesn't it? But the Cochrane Review has just come out, which is a well-established review studying the way that physical interventions can interrupt or reduce the spread of respiratory viruses. It looked at evidence from 78 randomized trials with over 610,000 participants. In other words, this is pretty well top standard. It looked at hand washing, antiseptic use, social distancing, and masks, gloves, gowns, and visors. 12 trials in the the review, 10 in the community, and two amongst healthcare workers, found that wearing masks in the community makes little or no difference to influenza-like or COVID-19-like illness transmittance and even more so well not more so but just fascinating that they had no effect on laboratory controlled influenza or SARS COVID-2 outcomes. Five other trials showed no difference between one type of mask over another. In other words all these mandates they were all based on lies. Now why? Why would people do that? Because we didn't follow an evidence-based approach. Part of the problem is that the government had to be seen to be doing something and enforcing masks was being seen to do something. This was politics, not science. And you know what I would like? I would like all those church leaders who went around castigating Christians, and I received several comments from from some saying, you know, you're being anti-Christ, really. Jesus would wear a mask. That's what they were saying. And I think they should apologise, because the evidence is just not there. And some of us, we just didn't know. And that's what I mean about choosing sides. Sometimes we're forced to choose sides, and we don't know. We just don't know enough. And that goes, by the way, on all sides. Okay, let's take a, a little break for this music.
5: Rain drops on my head And just like the guy whose feet are too big for his bed nothing seems to fit those raindrops are falling on my head they keep falling so I just did me some talking to the Sun and I said I didn't like the way he got things done sleeping on the job those raindrops are falling on my head they
0: J. Thomas, I think it was a number one. Raindrops keep falling on my head. I'm playing that, uh, not because it was in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, uh, but because it was Burt Bacharach, who has died, I think... He was in his 90s, yeah, he was aged 94. And uh, that's possibly the most famous song he wrote. He won an Oscar for it, or at least the score from Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. He... Produced uh, a, a lot of songs that um, were kind of middle of the road. With He worked with a lyricist, Hal David. Uh, there were people who at a time of civil unrest and so on thought it was a bit bland and banal. But he actually produced some pretty good stuff. And uh, he's just another one gone. Okay, uh, let's come back to Choosing Sides. Are you vax or are you pro vax or are you anti vax? Personally, I think vax are a great idea. I think vaccines uh, for COVID. I've I've had three. Uh, I'm not getting a fourth, and I'm not getting a fifth. Why? Because again, the evidence is, and again, you see, when you're doing propaganda, you're not allowed to do evidence. The evidence is that the mRNA vaccines. They may help for a while. We were told in Australia we can get our fourth one or our fifth one now and it'll protect you for eight weeks. Heightened protection for eight weeks. Then you just go back to where you were before. But there are risks associated with these. Bloomberg, not some wacky anti-vax thing, but when they published this, by the way, Bloomberg were criticised. They said that Pfizer's shot for COVID-19 has shown a potential link to stroke in people 65 and over. I'm not taking the next vaccine because I think the risks for me from COVID are less than the risks for me from a vaccine. I'm not saying I would never take one again. You see, I'm not ideologically committed to either. I just like to know evidence and I I want to stop all this virtue signaling whose side are you on? Mind you, there are some things that are pretty clear. First of all, let's listen to this. Taylor Swift. Um, she claims to be a Christian. But that blank space video, worshipping money, sex, exploitation, and so on. What what kind of Christian are you when you do that? But not only that, I've no question she's, she's not a Christian. She, um, In her new Netflix documentary, Miss Americana, she insisted that she's a Christian, even though she promotes... Causes like abortion. Um, she told The Guardian she support legalized abortion. Obviously, she said, I'm pro-choice. Uh, from a humanities perspective, she says, and from what my moral compass was telling me I needed to do on yours, right? And I really didn't care about repercussions. Sadly, there are people who take their morality from people like Taylor Swift. Whose side are you on? Yeah, well, that one, I've no difficulty in choosing a side. Because I've got to be on the side of the innocent and the weak and the vulnerable. In other words, the child in the womb. Now, of course, as well, you have to be on the side of the mother who has an unwanted pregnancy or who can't afford a child and all the rest of it. And that's where all this pregnancy support and everything else comes in. But I don't, I cannot conceive of ever not being on the side of the child or the baby Alright, we all want a revolution Well, the Beatles did
4: You say you want a revolution Well, you know We all want to change the world You tell me that it's
5: evolution Well, you know We all want to change the world But when you talk about destruction
4: Don't you know that you can count me out
0: favorite songs we'd all love to change the world we'd all love to see the plan now lennon in that was being um what's the phrase ironic he he wasn't revolution wasn't a revolutionary song it was a warning about revolutionaries if you go carrying pictures of chairman mao you ain't gonna make it with anyone anyhow Do you know, one of my uh, favourite comedians at the moment and commentators is Bill Maher. And again, um, just to help you, I I don't cite people or use people and say, well, I I agree with everything they say, I'm on their side. There's lots of things that Bill Maher would say that I wouldn't agree with. But I think what he says can sometimes be incredibly insightful. Just as in this clip about revolution, where, well, I'll I'll let you hear it, but he's basically saying, revolutionaries can't change human nature, and we have to take account of that.
1: And finally, new rule, if you're part of today's woke revolution, you need to study the part of revolutions where they spin out of control because the revolutionaries get so drunk on their own purifying elixir, they imagine they can reinvent the very nature of human beings. <clears throat> communists communists thought selfishness, selfishness, could be cast out of human nature. Russian revolutionaries spoke of the new Soviet man who wasn't motivated by self-interest, but instead wanted to be part of a collective. No, it turns out he wanted to be on a yacht in a Gucci tracksuit holding a vodka and a prostitute. <laughs> Not standing in line all day for a potato the problem with communism and with some very recent ideologies here at home is that they think you can change reality by screaming at it that you can bend human nature by holding your breath but that's the difference between reality and your mommy
4: (laughs)
0: well did you enjoy that i i I certainly did and i know only one person who can change human nature and that's jesus through his spirit Alright, uh, let's just play a bit of this I'm sorry but I have to
4: <laughs> Lucky, lucky girl She got married to a boy like you She'd kick you out if she ever, ever knew About all the d- you tell me that you do Dirty, dirty boy
0: That's Sam Smith. If you don't know who Sam Smith is, don't worry. He won a Grammy for a song called Unholy. Um, I would say it was from the pit of hell. Gyrating girls, women in cages, devil's horns, hellfire, uh, mocking, just utterly sick. And yet gets celebrated. Cardinal George Pell died and... I had a clip, I'm not going to play it, but I had a clip of people chanting at his funeral, George Pell, go to hell, George Pell, go to hell. That's the, the loving tolerant, isn't it? Well, it saddens me. This next song saddens me. ACDC at River Plate, Highway to Hell, one of the great performances of all time, ACDC at River Plate. And in some senses, that song's a great song. Um, it is, as I've said before here, it's a song about travelling to um, through Western Australia, but it became a song about hell. It became a song about Satan. It mentioned Satan. Hey, Satan, paying my dues, playing in a rocking band. Hey, Mama, look at me. I'm on the way to the promised land. I'm on the highway to hell. It stands me enormously that on talent shows, you know, Britain's Got Talent or The Voice or stuff like that, all over the world, kids, young people, older people will sing that song and everyone knows it and everyone will applaud it. Why would you want to be on a highway to hell? Unless you had no idea what hell was. That's the wrong side, isn't it? Just the wrong side. I think of that in just so many ways. Um, We're talking about choosing sides. Well, never mind the right side of history. What about the right side of eternity? When people talk about the right side of history, they mean you, you agree with me. But the right side of eternity is this. You're going to spend eternity with God in paradise, in heaven, or you're going to spend eternity in hell. And it's not a party for you and your mates. It's the darkness and the loneliness. It's the debauchery of which Sam Smith's show is just a tiny, tiny bit. It's the evil of war of which the Ukrainian-Russian war, the Russian-Ukrainian war, whatever you want to call it, is is just a tiny bit. It's the destructiveness of the earthquake, the darkness of, of the loneliness. I don't want to be on a highway to hell. I want to be with the Rock of Ages. And we're going to finish with that because the Equip uh, conference here in New South Wales, uh, I, they've got this lovely version of it. I really do like this version. And um, yeah, we're just thinking about if the rock underneath your feet can split apart, what are you going to ultimately be standing on? And I think, ultimately, I want to stand on the rock that is Jesus Christ. So, whose side are you on? Are you on Christ, or are you not? As Mr. Dillon said, it may be the devil, or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to choose somebody. So, again, apologies for the lateness of this. Thanks to Peter for producing it. Thanks to those of you who've written in and made comments. Thanks to uh, those of you who help support this. You can go to the Podbean fundraiser to help do that. You can... Uh, Send in any comments that you like, and God willing, we'll return again next week at the usual time. We're on the highway to heaven.